Hi, I'm Larry, and this is Larry's Sort of Fun Stories, episode number 21. One of the great things that's happened to me is a little over a year ago, I moved to a 55-plus community, and I discovered a writer's group. In this group, I've made many friends, and one of my friends is going to join me today on Larry's Sort of Fun Stories. Rose Galetti has a great story to share. She brought her guitar with her, and she's going to share some music with us as well. You know, most of the time you'll hear about my experiences, my strengths, and my hopes. But today, we're going to be hearing from Rose. So, thanks for joining me here on Larry's Sort of Fun Stories. Just a little note, the podcast is sponsored by Z. Michelson Travel. You can contact Z. Michelson Travel at zmichelsontravel.com. Z spells her name Z-E-E, and she likes to make your travel dreams come true. So, let's get started with Rose. And the, this one is what I would start. Crackling Rosie, get on board. We're gonna ride till there ain't no more to go. Taking it slow. Lord, don't you know. So we had a couple of things in common, but I was a, I was an entrepreneur and I owned a, a Tina Gogo when I was your age. Well, when I was younger. And you, you were the entertainment. Where was this at? Lockport, New York. Well, how did you get there? Oh, take Route 78 into Lockport, right on Main Street. The Clinton Building is on the left, down the stairs, directly on the Erie Canal. So what was, you were at a place called what, Mother's? I was. That sounds kind of, kind of funny, Mother's. Mother's. Because it was a gathering place for people, and uh, Mother's was always a safe bet. To be at Mother's was always a safe bet. Oh. Safe bet. To be in Mother's Cradle was always a safe bet. Uh, since this is Larry's sort of fun stories, mm-hmm. uh, I hear you have some fun stories to tell me. Oh, I do. Uh, about what happened to you and at Mother's. I do. I do. Um, well, first, I'd like to tell you a little bit about how I got there. Yeah. Well, Bonnie, a waitress who worked at Mother's, happened to be at Grandmother's Closet. That's another nightclub I was performing at. Oh. Um, while I was performing, she was certain Doc, a.k.a. Mr. Anthony Ruggieri, the owner of Mother's, would be most interested in hiring me to play in his newly established bar restaurant. So I auditioned and got the jobs. Now, wh- what were you doing? What was your talent? I would sing and play guitar. I was a one-lady band. <laughs> okay. I sang with myself and played with myself. Larry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, so what did mothers look like? Mothers, oh my goodness! It was furnished with antiques, an eclectic collection of charming decor, to reflect the rich history of the area. Lockport, old sewing machines, rocking horses, hall trees, old radios, Tiffany lamps, old photos—fascinating. Mm, it sounds like something American pickers would love yeah, to get yeah, a hold yeah. of. Yeah. In fact, every time I went into the club, it seemed I would notice different artifacts. And Doc also had some pieces custom designed to reflect his eclectic, if you will, personality. Sounds like it's an eclectic club. <laughs> and that of the club, fun and captivating. So I was going to say, the Doc, 
the doc is the person who decorated. He was the owner, proprietor. I'm sure he had lots of help, Larry, because, yeah. you know, there were a lot of uh, willing participants and people to kind of gather artifacts for him so he could place them into his new club. Oh, cool. Now, what, I, I, what, um, what year was this? Well, probably 1972 to 76, but, you know, piece, bit and pieces um, away from there and there and away and there. So it was four years probably in total, Larry. So what would be your next stop after grandmother's closet? That would be mother's. Mm. That would be mother's. And I, I'm not sure if that was a... Did you ever get back to grandmother's? I did not. I did not. I believe You moved on up. I moved... <laughs> yeah. Just like the Jeffersons. That's right. You're moving on up. I was. I was. Lots of stuff happened in between. You know, uh, as I said, the, the whole piece of time between 72 and 76. Mm. Um, but... Well, my first round there, uh, after that, I, I moved around quite a bit in the Buffalo and uh, surrounding areas, but then I returned. But that's kind of the rest of the story, as you will. Oh, well, well <laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing Indeed. It. I'm looking forward to telling you all about it. So Lockport is what, kind of a small town? Very small town, very intimate little town. Um, is it on the Erie Canal? I've got a mule and a name is Sal. Fifteen miles on the Erie Canal. She's a good old worker and a good old pal. Fifteen miles on the Erie Canal. We've hauled some barges in our day. Filled with lumber, coal and hay. And we know every inch of the way. From Albany to Buffalo. Oh, Low Bridge, everybody down. Low Bridge, cause we're coming to a town. And you'll always know your neighbor. You'll always know your pal. If you've ever navigated on the Eraconel. <laughs> so, uh, were you singing this at the club? I did on occasion. I'll I did bet, to I'll celebrate bet. it. Yeah. I did. What What were some of the things that happened to you there at the club? Oh my goodness, where do I start? Jeez. <clears throat> well, first of all, it, it Lockport's small town, just northeast of Bu Buffalo. Mm -hmm. Very, very important stop on the Erie Canal. Um, in fact, while performing, my window view from the stage was the lock. I was also always fascinated to see the variety of items rise and float by on the barges, especially That's... the huge boulders. Oh, wow. Not sure where these rocks were going or why, but it seemed I could always uh, amuse my audience, but more myself on this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know what? As in any small town, mm -hmm. there never seemed to be a lack of quirky folks who would frequent the club. And, of course, a fair share of gossip. Quite entertaining for me. I have to recall one of my best fans was a gentleman named Willis. Oh? A gay black man, quite the anomaly, in Lockport, New York at the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Willis had a wonderful, wonderful sense of humor. I'm told he would stop by for lunch very often in the afternoon. 
One order of turtle soup. Make it snappy. Was that red turtle? <laughs> One turkey sandwich, well-dressed. One brassiere salad. Bounce it right out here were his lunch Ooh. orders. <laughs> so Willis continued to request the song Masquerade. George Benson's 1976 delivery of this song was inimitable. Now, was that in your repertoire? Well, no, not exactly. Why Willis thought I, a little 20-something-year-old white chick, <laughs> could ever deliver performance on this one was beyond me. But I finally did learn the song, Larry. Huh. And every time Willis would enter the building, he would yell, Rose, sing Masquerade. Dutifully, I performed. Well, he was quirky, as I said. One night, Willis was seated at a table near the stage by the restrooms. I think he probably had one too many cocktails and fell asleep. Or could be I was boring him that evening. I don't know. No, no, no. <laughs> one of the bartenders came over to help him into the bathroom, but apparently it was just a little bit too late. Clean up, table four. <laughs> Willis wrote me a love note one evening. I still have it in my collection of photos and special memorabilia. But not a request for masquerade, though. No. It was just a, a sweet little love note. Are we really happy with this lonely game we play? Searching for the right words to say. Searching but not finding understanding. Anyway, we're lost in a masquerade. Dear Rosie, I missed you so much for the past several days, of course, you are in my constant thoughts. Mostly forever. I am here to sit and enjoy your music. Upon request, may a hero promise me? Willis Barton Fabulous. That was a nice letter. I think this may have been a humble apology for the table incident. <laughs> I will never forget Willis. And by the way, yeah. he also apologized to Doc. I apologize for my actions. I shampooed your rug. <laughs> <laughs> so, so very unique things are happening at and, Mother's. Indeed. One evening as I was performing, a woman stormed into the club holding a laundry basket full of laundry. Uh, uh. At the entryway of the club, there was an elevated platform that housed a pool table. This would later become the stage, and I'll talk about this in Mother's, the second act. Mm. She proceeded to slam the laundry basket on the pool table and screamed a few choice words to one of the men seriously engaged in the game. Mostly undiscernible to me from the distance of the stage at the other side of the club. I could tell, though, she was not wishing him a happy birthday or I'm so glad you're having lots of fun with your friends. I love being at home alone with our screaming children kind of message. It was more of 
get out of my life forever special delivery for her husband. And then she stormed out of the club. In any case, the shock of these few moments reverberated through the club. But I continued to sing. (laughs) Perhaps contemplating whether or not this laundry was clean and folded. (laughs) And the humiliated husband resumes shooting pool. Ooh. It was probably one of the main topics of conversation amongst the patrons for the duration of the evening. Ever entertaining. Yet another unforgettable performance at Mother's. Of course, one of my most special shows, Larry, at Mother's was during Christmas season 1972. My mom and I created quite the outfit. I was well prepared for this performance. Burgundy top and long skirt trimmed in white fake fur specially sewn on for the occasion. Mm -hmm. Complete with 36 jingle bells sewn around the hemline. Did they they keep the rhythm going? (laughs) Well, yeah, I probably looked a lot like Mrs. Santa Claus. Everyone at the club that night heard me coming. I jingled when I mingled. I do have a photo of this night and it's more than awful. I could probably share this with you later. It was taken close to the end of the show, complete with a complimentary bottle of bubbly from a wonderful and adoring fan. It was from the historic Widmer Winery in the Finger Lakes region of New York State, not too far from Lockport, New York. Although the outfit was uh, bordering on the absurd, The occasion for this special show was was quite poignant. It was dedicated to Colonel Ted Guy, Mm. who was held as a prisoner during the Vietnam War. At that time, many wore silver bracelets to remember and support our POW. I wore Colonel Ted Guy's name bracelet. The promise was that the bracelet would be worn until the prisoner returned. It was a very touching evening for me. I taped the show on my state-of-the-art cassette recorder and forwarded the tapes to his family. I received a beautiful letter of thanks from his mom in February 1973. So what did the letter say? It said that um, she thanked me for the letter and, uh, and the performance and thanked me for the tapes and began to share with me a little information about Colonel Ted Guy's dad. He was a professional organist playing large restaurants, so that was kind of neat, you know, to hear that Mm. in the Chicago area. His name, too, was Ted Guy. He passed away while Colonel Ted Guy was in prison as a prisoner. Mm. Um, Colonel Guy had been in the Air Force for 22 years. He flew a phantom jet, and was shot down just a few weeks before his tour of Vietnam duty was to have ended. They had not heard from him, and mail sent to him had been returned unclaimed. But the list of prisoners to be returned, delivered at the time, the peace treaty was signed, contained his name. Although he was not among the first to be repatriated. So when did he get out? Um, let's see, it was March. It was March 16th, 1973. Oh. Um, shortly after I received the letter, Larry, yeah. 
He was awarded the Air Force Cross for extraordinary heroism in military operations. This, as well as campaign ribbons with clusters for his service. God bless you, Colonel Guy. Oh, your mother, I think. Your mother, not mother's, but your mother. <laughs> she she was uh, one of your big fans. Oh, wasn't she? you know you have to be if you're if you're the mom. Yeah, you have so, to be. I was most fortunate to have my mom come and listen to me play quite often. My best fan, of course. However, she didn't always listen with the greatest of reverence and attention. Why should she? She was there. <laughs> she had special license because she knew me. She birthed me. <laughs> One evening while she came to listen and adopt, she had a friend accompany her. I remember they were seated directly in front of me, Larry. Deeply enraptured in song, all I could hear was my mom talking to her friend about how wonderful <laughs> her begonias were doing and how healthy they were. She explained to her friend how she had placed them on the back porch in a hanging basket in an area that was partly shaded. Jenny, you must have had them in a perfect spot. A hanging basket is great since they need sufficient drainage. I listened to the begonia chatter for an entire set that evening. Hilarious! Could have been mom's way of keeping me grounded, I guess. Mm. Now tell me, you were the performer. Did people talk in front of you all the time? That must have been hard to do, right? Yeah, it was, but usually I was pretty deep in my zone. Oh. Except for when my mother was there. That, that was there. Oh, she, did she throw you off? She <laughs> threw me out of the zone. Because you always <laughs> want to be good for your mother, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. that too. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I wanted to say something yeah. because I, I do have a photo that's that's pretty funny to me when I look at it because this zone that I was in, yeah. it looked a little bit odd to me as I, in retrospect. Anyways, uh, it's ecstasy of song. Uh, the photo uh, that I have, I was fortunate now, enough to have. Did you have a microphone in front of you? I know you had one for your guitar, right? I, I, well, there was kind of a pickup thing there, okay? Uh -huh. Uh, but uh, I, I um, the photographer, I, I just wanted to take a sideline and tell you a little about the photographer. Oh, yeah. Who took the picture. Oh. Coincidentally, he was called Doc as well. Not to be confused with my Doc. I never knew too much about this other Doc. I don't have a photo of him. I can only tell you that he had bright red hair and a very large and wide handlebar mustache to match. Mm. Hmm, a caricature appearance. He always seemed to be there on Saturday taking a photo or two of me. As an adult, I must say, in retrospect, I wonder why. Yeah. He snapped quite a few photos and many times delivered 8x10 glossies to me. Although his motive may be unclear to me now, I'm ever grateful to have photos of me performing. Especially this one. I took a side trip so as to explain my mom's system of checks and balances. Oh, what did she do? More on mom. As a 20-something-year-old nightclub performer, I had my share of thoughts and dreams. I received a very important piece of mail, or so I thought so, from a recording company, Zeus Recording Company. I was so excited. Just a matter of time before I would be a star. <laughs> I still have this memorabilia in my collection, 
and and a very very important piece of mail. It was from but, from uh, Zeus. Zeus, yes, I, I, yeah, Zeus Recording Company, someplace in Cincinnati. <laughs> Uh, but what's really interesting is what my mom, she had this envelope of things here, full envelope of things from the recording company. But on the back, she wrote, she wrote me a note. It said, um, pick up porchetta this afternoon at Johnny's Meat Market on Hurdle. I can say porchetta is a pork roast, Italian style pork roast. So she, um, the irony of this is, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have a very important piece of mail from a recording company, but my mother certainly has her priorities <laughs> yeah. as an Italian woman. You know, food, food is the, of the utmost importance. But uh, uh, you so know what? Was the envelope opened at the time? Well, yeah, I had opened it you and, had and read op- through the read through the stuff. Big, you know, posters and things and instructions on how to be a star. How to be a star. Oh wow! Because I was on my way, Larry. Yeah, I was on a fast track. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I wanted to say something about uh, Doc Ruggieri, uh, the owner of Mothers. Oh yeah, he was becoming a dear friend to my family, and we began to know his family as well. There quite a few times mom invited him to dinner. She loved to cook. And maybe it was that porchetta she had him over for. Our family loved Doc. He could make all of us laugh, especially mom. And she truly needed to laugh. In fact, there were times when I thought Doc might make her escalate to pants wedding. <laughs> Laughter. That must have been fun. <laughs> We were connected by culture since his family's roots were Sicilian, as well as similarities in family circumstances. We laughed together, spoke to each other in Sicilian dialect, joyful. He came to understand my family's situation. He was, and still is, family. There are places I remember all my life though some have changed some forever not for better some have gone but some remain oh these places at the moment with lovers and friends i still can recall some are dead and some are living In my life, I've loved them all. But of all these friends and lovers, there is no one compares with you. And these memories lose their meaning. As I think of love as something new I know I'll never lose affection For people and things that were before I know I'll often stop and think about them In my life I love you more Well, we're going to pause here with Rose's story. Next week we're going to hear a little more of her life as an up-and-coming entertainer, and much, much more about her family situation. You see, there are many parts of our lives that we have in common. I hope you've been encouraged to hear part one of Rose's story and be with us again next week for part two.
I'd love to hear from you. The best way is on my website at LarrySortOfFunStories.com. I know it's a long address, and my son suggested it, and I liked it. But it's Larry's, apostrophe S, sorta, fun, stories, dot com. <laughs> Just drop me a line or share a story. And, and maybe you will be on the podcast. I hope you'll join me again next week and find out more about Rose and her family. Again, if you want your travel dreams to come true, check with Z. Michelson Travel and let her know what she can do for you. She can help. Thanks for listening, and until next week, I'm Larry, always looking for a sort of fun story to share with you.